How do you come back from a devastating blow, one that primarily targets your business, but also affects you personally and emotionally? Well, this is something that we're all having to deal with at the moment collectively, right? So what can we learn from someone that's already been there, already done that, and very much got the t-shirt? Someone that's been through it already and not only made it out the other side, but thrived doing so. Well, that is exactly what today's episode is all about. And this one gets deep, folks. Creating the beauty business you dream of doesn't have to be hard. It's all about mastering some basic principles and putting in place key strategies to give your business the strong foundation it needs to build from. Throw in the right mindset, the right systems, and being willing to stretch your comfort zone to boost those confidence skills and knowing how to promote and market yourself properly, and your success is inevitable. Problem is, that's not what they taught you when you were learning your skills. So that's what I'm here for. Welcome to the Beauty Business Podcast. With over half a million downloads, it's the number one podcast for independent beauty business owners just like you. Dedicated to helping you grow, to get the clients and the money you want without all the stress and the worry. And most importantly, without taking up all of your time. My name is Adam Chatterley, and I've been helping spas and salons all over the world to succeed for over 20 years. And now I'm going to help transform your business starting today. Day 83 of lockdown. How are you all getting on? Well, some listeners will be back at work already. I know some coaching clients of mine in Europe are back at work, as well as some over in certain parts of the States as well. And the reports from them are positive. Lots of demand from clients, little bit of extra complexities in terms of meeting social distancing guidelines and requirements. Definitely easier for those working on their own rather than in large salons or spas. But here in the UK, and I'd say really most places at the moment, as I record this episode, we are still unable to open our salons and spas and still waiting for firm confirmation of the dates and guidelines that we're allowed to reopen. Now, incidentally, I am involved somewhat in the discussions with the UK government regarding the guidelines to be put in place upon return to work for the industry. And I can assure you that even with this position, there is currently, at the time I'm recording this, no additional information that is in any way being kept on the down low from you. You are as informed as you can be right now. So right now, there is I kind of a glimmer of hope out there. Just about everywhere that people listen to this podcast, restrictions are being eased to some extent. And again, in most places, as populations move through the various phases of reopening, it looks like hair and beauty salons and skin clinics are on the next round of businesses that are and should be allowed to reopen. Larger spas, that might be a different situation. But here in the UK, as things stand right now, it's looking like an early July date is very much a possibility. And that seems to be echoed in a lot of places around the world that haven't already started to reopen. Now, and over the last 83 days, there's been a lot of focus, quite rightly, on the financial side of keeping both businesses and staff and owners afloat whilst we've all been forcibly closed. And I'm hoping that you've been able to access some of that support in some way. And then while closed, we've all been focused on speculation over reopening requirements from social distancing to PPE to plexiglass shields. But while all this anxiety and stress and worry and emotion has been contained and possibly refocused onto the very immediate problems that we're all collectively facing, what happens to all that emotion? Where does it go and how big an effect is it really having on all of us? You know, is it going to magically vanish and be forgotten once we're all back at work? Probably not. And what about that unspoken agreement between client and beauty therapist hairstylist, aesthetician, you know the one, where clients come in for one treatment, one service, but in reality, there's at least 20-30% counselling session involved, you know, for the price. And not only that, you know, you and your team are coming back to work with all your own worry, your own stress, and your own emotions from over the past few months. But your clients will bring theirs with them in extra large bags because they've not seen you for months and they'll be happy to offload all of that on you as you're performing whatever treatment or service they've come in for. Now, there's already a mental health situation in the beauty industry. We know that. We've spoken before about the loneliness of being a solo therapist, a spa manager, a salon owner. And while we've been focused on 
the government guidelines, the reopening dates, homeschooling and childcare, not to mention, you know, just having food and basic necessities, let alone paying for everything. What about our emotional needs? Now, like I said in my Instagram post the other day, what's your emotional reopening plan? Well, I thought it would help to hear from someone that went through what in their own words was their own personal pandemic last year to hear a little bit about what happened, but more about the effect that it had on their mental health, what it took to notice that effect and how they've come back from it. And not only come back from it, but come back stronger and with a new purpose to make sure that others in the industry, even before COVID-19, were better prepared, better supported, and more aware of the toll that is taken dealing with other people's stories, other people's lives, gossip, worries, and traumas. Now, I really take my hat off to today's guest because while we don't go into too much detail about what actually happened, in fact, we're not allowed to because it's quite a serious police matter at the moment, it's still very painful for her to talk about, as you'll probably hear. So I think it's incredibly brave of her to talk to me today about this, but she's done so because she wants to make sure that her experience helps. It's about coming back from a serious blow and coming back stronger, better equipped. And hopefully that's what we'll be able to pass on to you today. So I'm very humbled and pleased to introduce you to Sam Pierce and her story. Now, I'll warn you now, this definitely gets a bit deeper and a lot darker than my usual conversations. So if you're looking for a lighthearted chat about social media or pricing strategies, maybe switch over to one of my other episodes for now. But do come back to this one because if you're looking for hope, you're looking for confirmation that things can and will be okay again, or more importantly, if you're looking for help and support right now, then please listen on. Okay, so I want to welcome to the show today, Sam Pierce. Sam, welcome to the show. Good morning, Adam. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you doing today? I'm really well, really, really well. Despite the weather, I'm good. I'm, you know, yeah, really looking forward to talking to you today. Brilliant, brilliant. And thank you for being here, because I know this is this is this is now a passion of yours come out of a very tough situation and I'm very conscious of that. So I know this is potentially going to be, be very tough in parts to talk about, but it's such an important message that we're, we're kind of bringing today. Yeah, and I really appreciate your sensitivity because whilst I realise that the circumstances have kind of forced my hand in a way, I think it's important that we don't, the backstory is really vital as yeah. to why I'm so passionate about it. So yes, please feel free to ask me anything. Brilliant. I, Excellent. I probably <laughs> well, well, we'll do our best. I've got my editor on, on bleep control for when we do the, uh, when we do the actual edit anyway. So we've known each other uh, a fair few years, but, mm-hmm. and you're very well known in the industry. So a lot of people will have heard of you potentially, certainly some of the, the brands you've worked with, but for those who haven't, could you give us a little bit of a backstory, how you came into the industry in the first place? Because it, it's from a non-traditional route. So how you came into the industry and kind of uh, bring us up to date of, say, ooh, a couple of years ago. Okay, so I did my training in fashion and textiles at Central St. Martins. I did a degree in fashion, which was phenomenal. I loved mm-hmm. it. And then I went vicariously into fashion PR and worked for Lynn Franks. I'm not sure if anyone's aware of her, but apparently Absolutely Fabulous was based on her. Um, I was really heavily involved in uh, Fashion Week and had some fantastic clients, Tommy Hilfiger, Vidal Sassoon, wow. Philip Tracy. It was phenomenal. And I utilised sort of my knowledge of being at college um, and it was, so, I feel so privileged to have had all that experience. And I genuinely feel, Adam, that every, you know, your path takes you to where you're meant to be and not necessarily mm. at the time you might be thinking, what on earth am I doing? Why am I here? So in a nutshell, left London, came home, went to a pub in Huddersfield, met a bloke, got engaged two weeks later. That's in a nutshell. <laughs> um, my relationship, happily married, anniversary three days ago. So we've been together 21 years. Oh, well, congratulations. I really like him. It's just walked past like that. Um, <laughs> well, so, I would hope you'd really like him if it's been 21 years now. Well, I'm keeping my options open. You never. Oh yeah, know. you, you never, never know. Something better could come along. <laughs> God bless him. Uh, so um, came home. I thought I'm going to have to do something at home. Got involved with a family business, a day spa called the Eastthorpe Hall, mm-hmm. and I was a partner there for a very long time. And the more I was doing it, the more I was increasingly frustrated with how the 
than a generic salon and spa environment was. And that's no criticism of how anyone was doing it, but I just felt it needed a bit, a bit of a kick up the backside. I just kind of wanted to inject a bit of humour. I was so yep. bored with how serious in Adam, you know what I'm like. I, I do. Any excuse to use a pun, you know, I'm all <laughs> over it. And sometimes they're a bit too rude. But anyway, so I wanted to create something different and I was really inspired by the idea of theming something so coherently and so consistently that you lived and breathed it. And so the potting shed was born and within nine months of opening, we were awarded the best in the country by professional beauty, which was absolutely astonishing. And it kind of just fired me up and gave me the desire to really make a difference and to push the envelope as much as I could and to be as rude as possible without actually yeah. offending anyone. Um, <clears throat> and then all the challenges, the obvious challenges of running a business and the frustrations, and I'm not going to dwell on that because <clears throat> actually this is a really positive story. And it t- took me to last June 2019 when we won our 37th award, yeah. um, which was quite something. And it was the same month that the incident happened that triggered what, where yeah. I am now. And we'll come come on to that in a second. But it, I mean, it really was that. So the, the potting shed, for anyone who doesn't know, I mean, how how did you used to describe the potting shed? Because it wasn't, it wasn't a normal salon. It wasn't a normal spa. It was kind of something it, in between. Yeah, I kind of called it a spa-lon. A spa-lon. <laughs> yeah, which is probably after two and a half pints of sherry I came to <laughs> um, But it's a hybrid because I wanted to impart the customer service and journey experience that you got with a spa where somebody was like oh my god it's so nice to see you come in let me look after you let me hug you this is before corona um so i really wanted the customer journey to be as valuable in a salon environment as it was in a spa environment and i loved that i loved the impact of how much better you could make somebody feel so i've always had this intention to make people feel as good about themselves as they could Mm -hmm. because life's really hard and very mean And if you can offer somebody a snapshot of genuine, unconditional care and non-judgment, then I'd done my job. So that's how I came at it. Unfortunately, a lot of people just thought I was insane, which is unfortunate (laughs) when you are involved in mental health. But I did really want to really champion that, Adam. And I know it's something you agree with as well. Absolutely. I mean, uh, and, and again, if it's not come through, so the potting shed, everything was themed around the idea of, of, I mean, gardening and, yeah, gardening uh, pun. So we did all the all the lady garden waxing front and back garden. Apologies for any blended. Um, and you know, time. So the strap line was when you need a little time for you, and time was spelt T H Y M E, and you was the tree. Um, and and it really the one thing I found was it came. It was very. It was perceived really well by men, um, and guys got it, mm. and they loved that I was a little bit tongue in cheek and a little bit naughty, and my bulging gentleman's sacks at Christmas and a lot of stuff that I probably shouldn't have got away with but I did and and actually it was a code so somebody could ring up at lunchtime at work and go can I book him for a um borders only and they're not saying the downstairs you know that nobody's yep. being explicit it just took all the sort of embarrassment out of it and it really really worked but it wasn't just the names I mean the whole the whole look of the place you know it yeah. looked like you were walking into a very very upmarket potting shed yeah i mean everything i mean you can't really see i don't know if you can see but there's a chicken there there is a chicken there that we had we had chickens with rollers we had um you know grass sacks and things and everything was everything was considered there wasn't yeah well the door handles the internal door handles were were the handles of spades absolutely yeah always good massive massive shears that we take into waxing appointments and people (laughs) And then we realised that was probably a little bit inappropriate. But um, yeah, I think that it, it was wonderful. Well, I, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. And it was, it was. I mean, it was like you said, it was successful right off the bat. Yeah, and I think one thing that I'm really, apart from Star Wars, which we might touch on briefly, the program <laughs> that I'm making the doing, I um, I won awards for women in business, Adam, and actually that sort of because there is, however much. We try and pretend it, you know, it's, is it just the beauty industry? Are you just working in, you know, that sort of precursor for, well, you know, you probably couldn't do anything else. And it's like, are you joking me? That is so insulting. Our industry is one of the hardest. 
you know, it more it takes more to qualify as a beauty therapist as it does to be a police officer. Yes. True. You know, yeah. so, so let's let's be proud of what we do and that the impact that we have. So the Women in Business Awards meant so much to me because it was it wasn't just the fact that I created a successful environment. My business plan was legitimate and everything mm. behind me was was great. So yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was like, if, if, if the, you saw the potting shed on a, uh, on the short list of awards, it was like, oh, well, we know who's going to win this one. It was it just got <laughs> mildly you. embarrassing after a while. Oh, bless. Do you know, funny <laughs> enough, and I am going to sound like a big, <laughs> sorry for the swears, but um, there was a, a footage of us at the Professional Beauty Awards last year, the year before when we won Best Salon, and you were sitting behind me, and the woman's just filming me during yes. the announcement. And, and I thought, because and and I, di- I didn't want that, and and, and it's funny because people will always say to me, you know, how do you feel about what everyone else is doing? And that's one thing that I've always done, Adam, is I've always been totally blinkered. I've never actually really involved myself in what anyone else is doing. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm aware of trends, and that's something I did in my previous incarnation in PR. I used to be very trend led. It was something that I was very keen on. So I never really worried about what anyone else was doing and I think so I, I was completely doggedly focused yeah and I love that and, and I love that you know over the years I've known you you've you've never been afraid to speak out uh speak your mind which I love as well, well but so there, there, there were all these good times you know you had the success you had the awards you had the great clients you had the great name all those kind of things and then and, and this is the real pivotal point and I'm going to let you speak as much or as little about what actually happened as you want because I know it's still quite fresh but then what happened something happened that changed everything so I'd made the really brave decision that during realizing that I probably wasn't very well and that I'd contributed 21 years of my life to a career and and given very little I do apologize I think I might have a slight nostril runnage just one second um, I think I dedicated so much of my life. I felt everyone else had the best of me. So I was a little bit wobbly anyway. And I've kind of, my daughter, God love her, mm. said, I said to her at Christmas, what do you want for Christmas? And she said, I want you to be home, mummy. And oh. I thought, holy sh! she's sorry, wow. I swear. But she's 17 in September and that's a long time to commit to something else. So the guilt and lots of other things happened. And I realized that I was kind of not very well. So I've made the commitment that I was going to employ somebody to cover Saturdays. So this was the thing, knowing how important the day was, I just felt that I I, I owed it to myself to get that time back right. as much as I could. So I made this commitment. So advertised for somebody to come and work and somebody came along and knew exactly what to say. I mean, I've been played categorically. Mm because they obviously had done their research. And I just have to be really careful, Adam, because this is a police matter. Yeah, so while I want to go, here we go, this is what happened, and oh my God, isn't it awful? Please, please help me. I, mm. I, I just have to be a little bit mindful about, I don't want to stop anything. So uh, so I'm shaking. So this person um, came into my life for one day. Yeah, they only worked there one day. Just one, one day. One day. And the damage they caused, and have is beyond you wouldn't even the police Mm. when I went in all line of duty with my Mm. file and all my information they were like that who is this one (laughs) um it's literally like something out of a film you couldn't make it up so there will be a book and a film I'm hoping you're going to be in it Adam (laughs) (laughs) for the good guys yeah (laughs) oh yeah of course you're not the mean person it was a woman um so yeah so so no knowing that I'd employed this person because my mental health was compromised and they were aware of this and what they did just made the whole experience so gut-wrenchingly painful. And she exposed me to a lot of people by her actions and what she did. And she'd managed to, she'd managed to somehow collate a lot of information. We're not entirely sure how and calculated conduct and behavior that resulted in, I can't swear again, but the first word rhymes with, well, it's something storm and it became just a shit storm and it was horrific. So rather than digging a deeper hole and hiding in it and never coming out again and feeling so unbelievable, I mean, 
Honestly, Adam, I had a therapist at the time who knew that there was something going on. I couldn't talk to her. I could barely drive. Mm. But I got to her house and she literally had an ambulance on standby because she didn't know. And it was that pivotal moment where I sat down and I talked about it. And she looked at me square in the face and said, she's not going to beat you. She's not going to beat you, Sam. You know, and it was that unbelievable moment where somebody was listening and talked listening to me and hearing me and said no it's horrendous let's deal with it but this is not beating you and it was that choice that I kind of made that that this was going to be the driving force and the fight and the passion for me to turn this on its head and make sure that this never happens to anyone else. Hi Adam here, and I'm just interrupting the conversation with Sam to tell you about a new free web training that I'm holding very soon. Now, the topic we're discussing on the show today is extremely important. You and your health are paramount to, well, kind of being able to do anything really, but well, you know me and I'm about the health of your business too. And I think now is the time to tell you about a new program that I've been working on for some time and would have brought you before now, but I've held off sharing it with you due to Well, you know what. Now, I want to share with you what I've discovered to be the three key secrets to creating a six-figure beauty business, working the hours that you want to work and without spending all the rest of your time on marketing and admin and dealing with clients. Now, I've been putting together the material and the proof for this for a little while now, but the training itself is so new that it doesn't yet have a title. But if you're not quite at the six-figure stage within your beauty business or you've just tipped over from five figures, obviously before we all went on lockdown, if you've just tipped over from five figures and you want to know how to get to the next level with confidence, then this training is for you. So if you want to check off money from that long list of worries that we all have, so that when you do reopen, you get to have a firm plan in place to make the money you finally want to make, because let's face it, it ain't going to be as easy as it was before, then come and join me. Now, all you need to do for now is go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash money. Apologies if that's a little bit too on the money, pun intended, but I figured that would be easy for you to remember. So beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash money and get yourself registered. As soon as the date is locked in, you'll get your email and your invite with all of the details you need to join me. I'll give out that link again at the end of today's episode, but just remember the name of this show and money and you've pretty much got everything you need there. Okay, back to my conversation with Sam. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you are a confident, strong person. And like you said, you you were you were already a little bit wobbly, wobbly. Um, and then this happened. And I mean, like I said, you're confident, you're strong, but it absolutely knocked you for six. I mean, I don't, I don't think. I think when we connected at the beginning of this year, probably was the first time you were really able to even talk about it at all. Oh yeah, I mean, it was it was so bad, and I think. Because it was so terrifying that somebody could cause so much damage in such a short period of time. Um, I mean, I could, I, can I tell you an example of something that she did? Oh, no, I better not actually. But I would, I wouldn't go into that because it is, it is like you said at the beginning before we started. Because it's beyond anything, and I just, yeah. I don't. I think you can talk about something unless you experience it firsthand. And I think I just feel this overwhelming desire to protect people. Because I wasn't protected. And funnily enough, after I did um, the professional beauty broadcast last week, somebody actually wrote on one of the comments, you know, basically, if it can happen to you, it can happen to anyone. And I thought, that is such an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. So... Neat, neat sherry, by the way. (laughs) Neat sherry in a can. Oh, it's good of you to have hidden it in a can. Um, So so this this happened. This situation happened... We won't dwell on that too much at this no. point because it's it's about what came next that's really the important thing and the thing that I want to really dive dive into in this. So so you 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 came back from it, you recognized that this had happened. And you know, how did that suddenly get been exposed to this level of damage to your mental health? What did that say to you about mental health and also our industry as well? So for me, I realized that I've done a lot of training in, in my time because I always feel that it's important that you know what you're talking about. I don't ever want somebody to think that I'm not authentic or that I'm mm. not transparent. So I recognized that there was a lot of therapy available and not necessarily. I mean, the irony is when I'd been to see my GP and 
this is just unbelievable. When um, I at the IAPT team called me, Adam, to do my counselling assessment on the telephone, it was the day that this happened. So I was up here and in right. mental health there's a level called continu- your continuum which is your natural state of being and hmm. too high is presenteeism which is rife in our industry right. and I was up here I was so high because I was hysterical literally hysterical and they were they were screening me over the telephone and saying you know we think that you're not very well and I'm going no shit Sherlock I'm really not very well the police are here this is a night can you ring me back and that's and, it, and I was getting more and more frustrated that the systems that are in place, and my God, there's people that work for the NHS are phenomenal, and the people that work for the mental health of the NHS are phenomenal. However, I don't think you can pigeonhole somebody about help, mental health. I think that it has to be a bespoke service. And I think that all I can do is impart my knowledge and my experience without scaring anyone, because what happened to me was, and I really want to, to, to reinforce this, was so rare, Adam. It was so rare, and it wouldn't happen to anyone, you know, so... Did I answer your question? I can't remember. I get off on the tangent. Yeah, you, you did, but I think so. I think you'd you'd even maybe spoken to me about this before, but you'd recognise that, and, and you, I love how you mentioned this the other day. You call it the unspoken agreement. Um, yeah. This this unspoken agreement that when a, a client comes to see a therapist, you know, on the one level, you think they're just coming for the treatment that they've booked in for, but actually, it's so much more than that. You know, they it's a place where they feel safe and secure and, and they offload a lot of information and therapists become these unofficial counsellors. Yeah, without any without any safeguarding for them. Yes. And so and it's this unspoken, and it was like a bolt out of the blue. I've been doing this for 21 years, which means I've seen 475 million clients in my time. <laughs> well. And literally, that's fact. And this lady came in and she just threw a coat off and dumped a bag on the floor and all the usual stuff, which I don't have a problem with. And then mm-hmm. she just can't wait to see my therapist because I want to tell her all about my dog just being put down and this and my husband's being a pain and all this stuff. And, and I looked at her and I said, can you not? And she went, why? <laughs> because the person that you're about to be treated by her dog is her life she has no husband no family her dog is her life so if you want to get the best out of her but and she and she looked at me and she went but that's what I'm paying for and I looked at her and I went no you're not no. it doesn't say in our treatment menu come for an amazing full body massage and dump all your problems on us and we will give you free advice and then you can go awake and we feel rubbish and you feel fantastic yeah yeah and yet that's what it's sort of unspokenly accepted that happens yeah so we need to be the change adam yeah. we need to set down the boundaries and i think yes. you'll find that that the performance will be better and i know that we love the chat me in particular <laughs> uh, but the one thing that i always say to any of the people that have ever worked for me i will drive you mad anyway but i will drive you equally mad because i have tried and tested script or a formula that i use with my clients Right. Because I know it works, I know it makes them laugh, and it's not taking anything away from me energetically. It's just patter, you know. Yeah, yeah. and that and that is the key, you know. That there's, it's all very well to say it's just chat and it's just you know people talking about their lives, but it, it very quickly drains a person. It's exhausting. It, it is exhausting. So, so you this all happened and you recognise this, but. You being you didn't just go, oh, this is a problem and it's and, and I'd like to help a couple of people here and there. You came up with something a little bit bigger than that. And that's really what I want to get into now. So tell us about your your new initiative, your your it's not that new, you've been working on it for a while. But um, you know, tell us tell us what you're working on now. So when I was really poorly and very isolated, and actually I, I, it sounds flippant, Adam, but I said that my personal pandemic was last year and thank God everybody's well. And But the only thing I could really be around without feeling judged, and I was so exposed, not obviously she didn't have any, just for the record, she didn't have any nude photos. God help us all. But <laughs> imagine, anyway, that's another revenue stream possibly. Um, I was so exposed and I was very vulnerable because I didn't know how many people, anyway. So I was very much at home and I have three sausage dogs and they are such an integral part of who I am. 
And my newest puppy, who was new when this happened, um, she can't talk to me, Adam. She can't say to me, I'm not, she can show me. So I used to, I was in the kitchen with her and they were, they're very aware of how you are energetically dogs. I always find that. And I always say if dogs could speak, I'd never talk to another human again. But um, I would say to Martha, why have you got low ears, Martha? And it was obviously an issue. Somebody had nicked her toy or something had happened. So I soon realized this was her way of communicating with me. So this is where low ears was born. It was a symbol that, you may not necessarily have the words to describe how you're feeling, but your ears are showing and demonstrating and reflecting how you are. So the low ears um, is my pledge to myself, who for somebody that works in the service industry sector, not just necessarily unique to the beauty industry, that I am committed to monitoring my own mental health Mm. through this facility that I've created with a salon software company. So essentially what we're looking into doing is it's a safeguarding mechanism for business owners and for um, therapists alike that they have a very safe platform to be able to monitor how they are. So it's based on the theory of the continuum, which I touched on earlier on. Um, And I, I think that when we go back into this new way of being, things like national minimum wage and clocking in and clocking out is going to be really, really vital to safeguard employers and employees. I think it could be an issue that unless you've got something in place, and I'm hoping that low ears ties in with this, that when you clock in in the morning to say I'm at work, you also clock in how you are. So there's a facility to put where your ears are. So the system is very clever in the fact that it will monitor how your ears are. So if they're too low for too long, it might just be a height. Should you want to have a chat? We've created a non-judgmental forum for you to talk to. Mm-hmm. Then like, for example, for me last year, when there was no one, nowhere for me to go apart from Pass, do not go to, go directly to jail, do not collect £200. It was that bad. I was literally going to the hospital. There was a crisis. So if you are in crisis, the, the Low Ears organisation has, has some really amazingly talented, very experienced therapists all under one roof. So you can go and get immediate counselling. You can organise training. So the way I see it is that I want mental health training, which is the lowest training, to be as important as how to apply an L varnish or how to, you know, to perform a massage. I think if once you have the skills in place to handle your own mental health and that of your clients, then you can do a better job. And that's not being scathing about how we do things. I'm trying to protect you so that Absolutely. you can go in. Yeah. Yeah, you're trying to protect the person so they can do a better job with their clients and service but also protecting themselves so they're not being worn down over this period of time as well to the point where they're having to take time off to to look after themselves and i love this i love the low ears idea from a number of reasons because and, and i said this to you i wasn't coming from the side of the industry that i come from um it, it wasn't really until uh, i started working with the spa association that i became so aware of the issue with mental health within our industry and I've also become aware that there is still, as soon as you say the word mental health, there's still this stigma around it, you know, and I love the fact that now we have terminology in the industry to be able to talk about mental health without using that word and without bringing in that stigma. We can talk about low ears and you know that's but it softens yeah. it it, yeah. it it's, softens it not to a point to diminish it but softens it to a point where it's easy to talk about without getting all worried and flustered and know oh, their mental health is at risk and all that kind of thing that comes with it. And and that's what I, you, cause words are my thing. And yes. that was the success of the potting shed was how, you know, and it's, for example, when I'm looking, you know, at the terminology of, of ears. And I think the, the best thing about being a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a counselor or any of those things is not really your qualifications. It's the ability to listen. Mm. So the more I, when I came up with low ears, I didn't realize how enormous the scope was in terms of ears. And, but you know, if you, if I kind of want you to see the investment in yourself, almost like a Tamagotchi, you know, you're feeding them. And once you log in and you log, how you're doing, and I've created something called a moody board, because I know that we're all peace, love and light. And we have mood boards in there, you know, mine's got a villa in, don't know where, and I'm a size four, obviously, which is just slightly uh, smaller than I am now. And, um, but the moody board is actually a journaling opportunity for you to go 
I feel like this. Don't ask me any questions. I've logged how I'm feeling. Just give me a bit of a wide berth and don't put me with Maureen because she's a pain in the backside and I don't want to hear about her. You know, so it's about creating a culture of protection and control that you just not all things to everyone and it's chaotic. And this is a safeguarding thing because mental health is a day one right from employment, you know. And so if you were to say to a person starting with your business or for yourself the day when we open again day one right I'm going to look after you I have something in place to that that you're being checked in on not checked up on this is not big brother nobody wants to know anybody's problems so it, it will the system will triage you but you need the education behind it so you know what you're talking about you need to make that commitment and the perks of being a part of low ears Oh my goodness, it's just wonderful. <laughs> Tell us you more know, about that. We've got nutrition. I have, I'm a great believer in gut health and mental health. There's a link between the two. So we've got amazingly clever nutritionists who will look at, you know, look at your gut health and your mental health. And there's just laughter therapy if you want to talk to a psychic. You know, loads of stuff because everybody has a different way of healing. Yeah. You know. And so that's exciting. I I really, really want, we've given so much to everyone else at at too big a cost. No, I totally agree. And I do, I think, I think low ears, I love the idea of it. I love the concept. I love the fact that it's not just a, it's certainly not just a gimmicky thing. There's the support behind it. I I see it as a genuine symbol of hope for the industry. I hope so, Adam. It's a solution, I think. I think it's it's a solution that's a long time coming. And I got the most amazing email from this lady who said, I cried all the way through when you were speaking before because it was me talking. Mm. And and the emotion, you could feel it in her that actually, if I can do anything but bring awareness to it. And I nearly, genuinely nearly didn't make it. Last year I had a choice and... I really hope that people can go, God, she's got some big testicles. That's long, isn't it? But do you know, do you know what I mean? I want you to go, she's she's doing this and, and I really feel that I'm worth enough to get on board. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's there for you. So so I, I said to you earlier on before, um, I just thought this morning I, I put a message out on Instagram just saying, Hey, look, I'm I'm recording this episode today about this topic. And obviously it's 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 always important. The mental health of people in our industry and in every industry is always important. But, you know, we're at a specific point in time now, if you're listening to this podcast um, anywhere around June 2020, you know, we're, we're in the UK, hopefully about to go back into business and opening up salons and spas. Um, various parts of the world already have, various parts of the world still haven't. Um, but I was thinking about this and I thought we've we've all been focusing so much on what PPE equipment we're going to need and and making sure that that we've got our finances in check already and we're hoping to you know bolster those when we go back to work but I've heard absolutely nobody talking about the the mental preparedness that it's going to take for salon owners spa owners therapists when they go back to work because Clients are going to be coming in. Clients are going to be coming in hand over foot because they've not been able to come in, but they're going to be coming in with three months worth of baggage and stories and yeah. and, and stress. But they'll have saved. Oh yeah, to, to, this to talk to them. Yeah. So so it's so important now to kind of consider these things. So one of the questions that actually came in was. And this was perfect. They said, when we come back, we're going to be pleased to come back, but our clients will bring with them their stories and their stress, which will have not only been bigger because they've not had anyone to offload it to, but it will be amplified because of all the stress and the things that have been happening in the world right now, and not just with the pandemic. So how can salon owners and how can therapists best prepare and protect themselves for this and then deal with it, you know, those first few weeks when they're back? I would, if it was me and I was going back into a salon environment, I would probably make light of the issue and almost like have a swear box that is the C word, the COVID word. You know, so what you're doing is you're kind of setting out your your boundaries as far as what you are and what you are not prepared to talk about because I mm. think that it will just become the same conversations and people are very habitual in their behaviour. And, you know, you, it's very brave to put boundaries in and say, no, this is our subject matter and this is what I'm prepared to talk about because 
everyone's feeling the same. Everyone at the moment has, for the last three months, our adrenals and our adrenaline behind fear, because that's ultimately what's driving everyone, fear of, of loss of control, fear of loss of absolutely everything and a new beginning and the fact that somebody else is controlling our destiny. So I think it'd, be, it'd probably be a good idea to be really vocal from the get-go that this is, we're all recovering still. There's no time frame to it, but this is perhaps an alternative way of being, you know, and for example, if usually you perform a nail appointment and you recognize the turnaround time now is a bit longer, put some time in there for you just to go and have five minutes, go and get some fresh air um, and just change the language of how you interact with people and not give everything. Because what happens is you're fueling it, you're fueling the, the 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 fear and the doubt and oh we're going to have a second spike and all this is happening and you know so yeah. That, yeah do you think it's possible so we're all going to be bringing in these these new practices once once we get new state new government guidelines and everything so we're going to have these practices for how you know clients have to behave and and approach the spa and be one in there um do you think it's okay to actually have a conversation policy within there, sort of to sort of say, "Hey, let's not dwell on the stuff that's happened. Let's keep our conversation focused on the future." I think it's about changing the language. I talked about this last week, and it really resonated with somebody. If you're going to ask somebody, you know, rather than saying "How are you," say "What do you need?" You change the way you talk about it. So I think if you change the language of "Let's focus on the job at hand," because God, there's some fannying about in what we do. <laughs> Can I say that? I mean, faffing. <laughs> it's a Yorkshire thing, Adam. It's a Yorkshire thing. Um, I think that people, let's, I don't know. I think there's too much talking, the wrong type of talking. Let's get talking to be to be less fluffy. Yeah, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Another question that came in um, was obviously, you know, when... It's not just about the clients. When staff come back to work, you know, they're going to be bringing their own challenges with them. They may have struggled financially. They may still be struggling emotionally in a number of different ways. So as a, as a salon owner, as a team leader, what's a good way to just be able to check in with them when they come back to so work? Obviously, unless you don't, if you don't have the low ears facilities, um, which actually aren't being launched till September, so that would be impossible for you to have that. Um, start off as you mean to go on and really set down some its boundaries again it's time management it's about shaking things up and creating a new culture of being we have to recognize that despite the fact that we touch everybody all the time we are now facing a touchless environment Mm -hmm. so it's about finding time to and opening up the conversation and saying, look, you know, if you need to talk to me or you have you're having any fears or worries, a lot of it we have to have faith. Actually, I think we have to have faith in the process. Um, and I always talk about this in mental health, Adam, and this is, might be quite useful for your wonderful listeners. Um, you have two circles, so this is you, and this is everything outside your circle. Mm-hmm. This is the only thing you can control. Yeah, you can't do anything about this. So control your circle. Keep yeah. this one whole and yeah. complete and everything else. Make peace with that because you're fighting it to control it and you'll just be exhausted. So middle, little circle, big circle. I mean, that actually goes away to ask the third question that came in. Um, Vicky said, hi, Adam. This has just come in, so I'm just going to read it. Um, hi, Adam. I think I'm mostly concerned with after the initial rush, there may be a lull whilst others are wary of coming back until there's a vaccine. I'm also mainly a facial treatment business. And what do I do if it's compulsory to wear masks? So that's that's still kind of focusing on those practicals. But but like you said, if you're focused on your circle of influence, I guess, what if, yeah. if you can't do treatments, you can't do treatments. So that becomes either do you reopen, do you pivot, do you do something else? And communicate this. Yeah. You know, make it, turn it, so flip it. I was talking to somebody the other day and um, she said, you know, I'm predominantly facials. And I said, well, have you thought of facial cupping? Because, you know, this is just a tip. The, the, the cupper is glass. It's easy to sanitize. You're not hands-on, complete contact. You've got a remote distance. Because it's a noisy treatment, it won't worry that you're breathing through a mask. Uh, you know, you can work around it. There's always a solution. This is what I am so solution-based, Adam, because it's about thinking out of the box. And there's a lot of stuff that we do in our industry that's so archaic. You don't need a seven-step brow treatment. 
you just don't need it. Sorry, no offence, I love you, but you don't need that. I think that there's just fluff and unnecessary time that actually we could be spent could be spent on ourselves. Yeah. And 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 and, and take face the fear. I mean, it's an old adage, isn't it? Face the fear and do it anyway. Be really brave about what you're doing. Know that you had a career before this, and it's okay to make adjustments and condense your treatment list and be a specialist in something. I wouldn't even worry about that at this stage. I think there will be a lot. I was really worried about, I hope this doesn't sound too, um, whatever the word is, but, you know, people selling gift vouchers, I worry about that because, you know, there aren't any guarantees, and, and I think that, People will do whatever they can to stay afloat, but actually you can be really clever about it. But you have to come first. Before anyone else, this is okay, and this is not about selfish. Self-care is not about ego. It's about self-respect. I got really ranty then. I got so ranty. You're okay. You're okay. No, no, you said said something again the other day, just when we were chatting about this. You know, more than anything, you want to give people the confidence to know that they themselves matter and their team matters and it's okay to put yourself first. Yeah. And I think that's a I never thing. have. And I've always yeah. been the last on the pecking order. And going back to the vouchers thing, you always find that people, when they're being given a gift voucher to go anywhere, it's, it's, they've been given permission. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm allowed. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, I'm allowed to go, am I? Because somebody else thinks I'm worthy, but obviously I can't see it in myself. And, you know... The most amazing, I've met the most incredible people in our industry, Adam, you, you know, being one of them. And I'm so grateful for how supportive you've been to me. So I, I, just, well, I forgot, you know, well, I wouldn't, but thank you. <laughs> but I just, so when you said that, when you said about the confidence that you matter and put yourself first, what it immediately made me think of um, that we'll all be aware of. Do you remember back in the good old days where we used to be able to get on planes and fly places? Mm-hmm. Well, well, no, because I never had a holiday. <laughs> oh, okay. of course, yeah, you were always working. But, well, I'll tell you now, they used to give you this, every time you got on a plane, you used to get this safety briefing, okay? And they'd always tell you about the masks falling from yeah. the top of the thing. And they'd always say, put yours on first before helping someone else. Yeah. And I just, I just thought that exactly applies here because if you're not taking care of yourself, yeah. you can't help someone else. Because I would have put everyone else on the planes. I'd have made tea for the uh, for the pilot. I'd have given yep. everyone a scalp massage, <laughs> so, and said, "Take all my clothes," because it doesn't. <laughs> you know, and, and that and it's so typical, and it's yep. so typical of people in our industry. Really because is. There is this overwhelming need to fix everyone, and you can't do that unless you're whole as a person. Yeah, yeah, I love that, Sam. Thank you so much for being with me today and sharing this story. And I know this will have resonated with a lot of people on various different levels. So if people want to find out more about low ears, how they can get more information about it, involved with it, put it in place for themselves, where's the best place for them to go? So at the moment, everything, we are beavering away. That is not a swear word. Behind the scenes at the moment, <laughs> really going great guns because I want this to be so bone-shatteringly amazing that I you know it's taken me a long time so at the moment if anybody wants to contact me or they just need some help or they want somebody to chat to um please contact me on my email address is lowearshelp at gmail.com so you can find me on there I'm really I'm going to sound a bit of a tit again but I'm really not keen on social media Adam I don't have that a face uh, um, I don't think it's a healthy space for any of us. I'm kind of into the Instagrams at the minute and TikTok. You wait till I start. Doing- oh, have you got a TikTok account? Oh, I'm there. Oh, no, I will be. I'll be all over. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I wait, I, I'm their earworms. So yes, you can contact me. Some people have contacted me on LinkedIn. I don't really go on it very much. Um, so um, yeah, lowearshelp at gmail.com. I'm all over it. Brilliant. We'll put that in the show notes pages so ah. that people can just click on it and get straight in touch with you if they need to. Thank you so much. I, I, I'm, I'm so thankful for you being here today and, and for sharing this, which I know is still a very tough story for you. So thank you for doing that, Sam. Oh, it's a pleasure, Adam. And thank you for being such an ambassador for our industry. You are top banana. Thank Bless you. you. Thank you, Adam. Speak to you again soon when we're allowed to actually meet and have drinks in people, person, people, person. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. I love it. <laughs> thank you, Adam. Bye for now. Wow. I mean, if you couldn't pick up on that, 
Talking about what happened is still really tough for Sam. I'm sure in time she really will write that book about it. And trust me, knowing a little bit more about exactly what happened, I am serious. Soap operas and daytime TV shows would reject this because it's just too unbelievable. But that's something for the future. And what's most important is knowing that no matter how tough things get, you've got the strength inside of you to make it through. But that does not mean you have to do it on your own. And it certainly doesn't mean it needs you to hit breaking point like it did for Sam. Now, the low ears movement is only just getting started, but it's such a critical one that has been embraced by the industry already, in particular by one of the leading spa software companies in the UK, Premier Spa Software. Now, Sam asked me to mention them because without their support, the front end inside of the spas for each and every therapist that works within them, then low ears would be difficult to track and measure and have the impact and the help as quickly and as easily as it can. Now, if you'd like to know more, then Sam mentioned there is a Low Ears Facebook page, which we will link to in the show notes pages of the episode. And if you either want to know more now or you want to support Sam and Low Ears in some way, then I'll also put Sam's email address that she mentioned in our conversation there on the show notes pages too. Now, I really hope this has helped you. When I put out a post the other day saying I was going to be recording this episode, so many of you commented that this is something that you really need and want to hear about right now. So I hope this has been useful. I hope it's given you hope and courage and maybe even inspired you too. I think that's all I can say other than to once again thank Sam for her courage and her generosity and for her passion and grit and determination to not only come back for herself, but for others too. Now, I love to do episodes like this, highlighting stories and causes that help and inspire you at a personal, much deeper level. And I think because they're not my norm, they stand out quite powerfully. And I love that. But at the end of the day, this is a business podcast after all. So like I mentioned there in the middle of the show, my real personal expertise is in helping you grow your business. Something that's in some ways going to be tougher than ever before but it's possibly going to look easier because of the flood of clients that you get when you do reopen. So if you'd like my help to know what I found to be the three key secrets to the most successful salons, clinics, and indie spas, then I invite you to join me for my as yet unnamed new web training designed to get you beyond six figures in your business. Then for now, all you need to do as soon as this episode finishes is go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash money or click on the link in the details for this episode right there on your phone. So till next time, take care, keep safe, keep positive, and I'll be back very soon.